the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Beth. Shall we uh, bow our heads in prayer as we come to think about this passage this morning? Father, thank you, Lord, for all the worship and all the praise. Thank you, Father, that you filled this house with your love. And we pray now, Lord, that you would open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear wonderful things in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're continuing our series on God's calling. God's calling. The past few weeks, we've looked at who we looked at Abraham, Isaiah, we looked at Paul the Apostle. And uh, today we're going to look at Mary, Mary's calling. And probably, perhaps, Mary has the highest calling of all, uh, for she was uh, to become the mother of Jesus, the mother of God. Uh, so we're going to be thinking about that. Uh, well, I wonder the same question I sort of gave to the children is. How do you handle being given responsibility? How do you handle being given responsibility? Uh, Think about the things that you might have been given in your life, things that you're to look after, things that perhaps a neighbour might have asked you to do or a family member you have to look after. How do you find responsibility? Do you find it stressful? Uh, Do you try and avoid it? Do you jump up and down and say, yay, give me more responsibility? I love it when um, sometimes clergy, local church ministers get together. Uh, We get together quite regularly and sometimes there might be a big event we have to plan or something together. And someone might say, well, who's going to take responsibility for this big event? And clergy are classic. We sort of look at our shoes for a while. There's an awkward silence. And we don't mind. We can go for silence for a long time. Uh, Until someone, usually the person who mentioned it in the first place says, okay, I'll do it then. And then everyone goes, great, I'll help you. What do you, I'm happy to do the reading. I'm happy to do the. (laughs) 
There's something sometimes about responsibility. We sort of shirk away from it or don't like to do it or hold it all together. Uh, but sometimes responsibility is just given to us, isn't it? Life just sometimes hands it to us. And how do we respond to those moments? Like I said, maybe it's someone you have to care for. Maybe it's the vicar after the service asks you to do something in church and you feel you can't say no. All sorts of things that might happen, but how do you handle it? Well, I am just incredibly impressed by Mary's response. She was told that she is going to be responsible for raising, nurturing, and bringing up the Messiah. No pressure. (laughs) I can imagine what must have been going through her mind, things like perhaps, surely there is someone better qualified for the job than me. Um, Surely there is someone maybe who's got more wealth or more standing in society that would do a better job. Who am I that I would do that? Please, Lord, no. But let's just focus on what she does say. And it's just verse 38, and this is going to be the main thrust of the sermon, this, this verse, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Isn't that incredible? I am the Lord's servant. It's not for me, Mary says, to question whether you're right or wrong here, Lord. What you have given me, what you've asked of me, I am simply your servant. Isn't that a wonderful response? Really challenges me, that response. Because so often I like to have choice in life. So often I like to weigh the pros and cons, try it out, see if it fits. If I don't like it, I'll give it up. I am the Lord's servant. What do you want, Lord? I'm here to serve. In fact, the word for servant there is slightly more stronger, actually. It's, actually, it's the Greek word for slave. I am the Lord's slave. That doesn't sit particularly comfortable with many of us in our modern time, of course, I understand that. But loads of Christians in the New Testament refer to themselves as servants of the Lord, slaves of our heavenly master. I know that sounds difficult, and we're not so much talking today about, you know, the evils of slavery. That's a whole different thing. But when it comes to the Lord, so many look to him as their master, I am your servant. You, you've purchased me, you own me, my life is yours. In fact, um, it's so common, isn't it, for us to refer to Jesus, and the New Testament does all the time, as Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. Have you come across that before? He's our, Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. We're comfortable with that, Right? Although we're very comfortable with the second part, he is our saviour. We like that bit, don't we? The bit where we say, oh, Jesus, I need help again. I need rescuing. Thank you for forgiving me. Wonderful that you've come to rescue and die for my sins and give me new life and not count any of my past against me. And you've given me a wonderful future in heaven and glory with you. Thank you, Jesus, my saviour. But then we forget the other bit is... Jesus, my Lord, my Lord. 
the one to whom I belong to, the one who has a claim over my life, the one who wants to give me things to share in his work. That's a different part. I wonder sometimes if we put it differently, if we put it in who is the master of your life? Who is actually in charge of your life? Is it you, me? That's our default setting, isn't it? I'm in charge of my life. I I make the decisions. I weigh the pros and cons. I figure things out. I'll find my way. I'll decide what's right for me, what's the best fit. Or is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he really the master of your life? In fact, the two go hand in hand. He can't really be your saviour if he's not going to also be your Lord. Let me just unpack that for us for a moment. Um, Think about it this way. Um, I wish I could um, sail, do more sailing. I don't know how to sail a boat. Anyone here know how to sail a boat? Few of you do, grew up in Lee or Westcliff, many sailors around. And I, I sometimes look at all the people taking their boats out and I wish, oh, I wish I could just get a little dinghy or whatever and a, with a sail and off I go and it'd be brilliant. Um, so imagine for a second, I just do do that. I go ahead, get the family on board, <laughs> off we go. Tide is just right, wind is in my hair, off I go. And um, pretty soon, I've gone out the estuary, I'm heading into the North Sea, don't know how to turn around, whatever. The wind gets up, things happen, water's over the side, and we're sinking, and all disaster, right? Uh, But then, of course, you imagine that incredibly another boat comes alongside you, um, uh, another big sailboat or a, a lifeboat or whatever, a ship or whatever comes alongside, and the captain of the ship lowers down, throws the, 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 the what do you call it, the ring, uh, and, uh, or even just dives in, the captain of the ship dives in, draws alongside, hoists you up, gives you a blanket, uh, sets you on so that no problem, we'll get you home, we'll, we'll pull your boat in as well, just for, for the good measure, uh, and you're like, oh, thank you, you've saved me, you've rescued me, I got myself in trouble when I was the captain of my own ship, It was only going to go one way, sinking. But you've rescued me, right? Can you see that? You're my saviour. You're my, thank you. And I owe you everything. My family's life, my life. Uh, And that's how we are with the Lord, isn't it? When we've got into terrible messes and we've been sinking and uh, we're going down to the pit and all sorts of horrible things, Jesus comes and saves us. Right. Now, just imagine for a moment, though, I'm on that boat going back with this great captain and he's taking me home. And I say, thanks, Captain, I'll take it from here. I'll take it from here. I'll do the sailing. You do what I I want. I'm in charge. Uh, That would just be ludicrous, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be crazy? Rather, it would be if the captain said, Tom, you know, could you just, you know, pull that rope over there and could you scrub the deck and could you... Uh, make some sandwiches for everyone because they're quite hungry and those I'll be like yeah yeah of course of course you're the captain and you know what to do and you know how to get us home I'm just here to help because do not put me in charge of this ship okay do you see how lord and savior go together don't they 
You can't say, thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me, and then just become the captain of your own ship again. We've got to say, like Mary, I'm the Lord's servant. You know best. You know best. If you say, I'm the right person to bear Jesus Christ, the Messiah, I'm your servant. If, God, you say to me, Tom, you're doing this, you're the vicar of this church, I'm your servant. What's God saying to you? What's he given you? Perhaps there's a few things that you're resisting or a few things you're just trying to get rid of or a few things you'd rather be doing with your life. Sometimes it's just good to take that posture, Jesus, you're the captain. I'm your servant. What do you want? And I'll do it willingly, gladly. My favourite, uh, my children are learning the Ten Commandments and uh, my favourite commandment, I always pause, I think it's number um, five with them. I say, this is my favourite commandment, children. You ready for it? Honour your mother and your father, <laughs> for it will go well with you. <laughs> Obey your parents. And I've come to realise how true and wonderful that one is. Um, because isn't it, it's the case, isn't it? It's supposed to be, comparatively speaking, a parent knows what is better for their children than they do, as much as they think they might know what's best. Parents do, or ought to. How much more our Heavenly Father knows what is best for us. And if he gives us responsibility for something, if he asks us to do something, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And that could be something at work, could be something in your family, it could be all sorts of things that God, that God asks us and gives us. It could be moral things though as well. It could be that you're determined to live a life that you want to live and God says, that's not right. It's not right for you. Trust me. Put that thing down or take up that right thing. And we resist it and we don't trust him and we don't know, that won't be good for me though, Lord. And you say, no, wait. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. You know what is best. You know what is best. Jesus says we cannot serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. But can I just say this? When we do trust the Lord with these things and we don't question them too much, there's real freedom in obeying the Lord. It sounds the opposite, doesn't it? It sounds to obey the Lord would be really constraining and boring and difficult. But no, I can imagine being on that ship with the great captain, loving it. If I do what I'm told, I would love sailing. <laughs> if I'm fighting the captain, arguing with the captain about every job that needs doing or doesn't need doing, it's going to be a nightmare, isn't it? So I think there's real freedom. Now, of course, our relationship to Jesus is much, much more than just master and servant or captain and skivvy. John 15, Jesus says this in John 15. He says, my command is this, 
love each other as I have loved you. So you see that? He loves us and then commands us to love others in the same way. Verse, and then carries on and says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, Jesus says, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. So do you see that? He no longer calls us, he is our Lord, but he also says, I'm your friend. And I am going to give responsibility to you. I'm going to give tasks to you. Just as the Father gave me tasks to Jesus and Jesus loved us, so your task, whatever I give to you, he says, did you catch that? He says, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. See, obedience to Jesus is about fruitfulness. Don't we all want to be fruitful in our lives? Don't we all want to flourish and grow and make a difference and be a part of something glorious and good. How do we do that, Jesus? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Obey Jesus. He's the captain. And he first served us. Do you remember when Jesus says, for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus first served us, and didn't he bear good fruit? Did he not go to the cross? Did he not obey his father? And in so doing, bear fruit that will last for eternity, for as many as the world wants. As much as is needed, he can bear fruit. As much life and goodness that will never be exhausted because he obeyed his father even unto death and served us. So my final point really is that obedience then pleases God. It really pleases him. When Mary said, I am the Lord's servant, may your words be fulfilled, I bet it put a big smile on God's face. She didn't weigh it up. She didn't fight back. She didn't say, let me just try and see, but then can I change my mind later? It really pleased him, because obedience does. It's the same, perhaps, in your own life. I go back to my own children. My favourite words that I hear from their mouth is, yes, daddy. <laughs> yes, daddy. Life would be so much easier if that was the, the response. Yes, daddy. I'd love to. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, in your time, straight away. Okay. But all joking aside, that fills a parent's heart with real joy. Because they trust you, they're willing, they know, not because they're scared, that would be terrible. Yes, daddy. No, that would be terrible. It's because I love them, because I first loved them, they trust me and I know better. Yes, Daddy. 
great. It pleases so much. Maybe you've experienced that in your own life, whether it's at work or in church. One person once said to me, who are the people that we should give jobs to in churches? Who are the right, you know, who, who, it's difficult to know sometimes. What, uh, and then the best bit of advice I ever heard was, find your most servant-hearted people. They're the ones. They should be the leaders of the church. And didn't Jesus say that about the disciples, actually? They were all like, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Whoever's the least, whoever serves the most. I love that. I love that. And church is amazing when we all willingly serve one another in that way. Servant-heartedness is one of the biggest. If you want a happy vicar, that's all it is. Yes, vicar. (laughs) We're with you. That's, again, it's a joke. But... um, but it's not though, no, it's not. <laughs> it's that sense, it's that sense. And, but I'm, what I'm not saying is blind, it's not about blind obedience or about control and about manipulation and, and you know, that, that's far from Jesus' heart, isn't it? Far, far from Jesus' heart. But it is about just saying, yeah, I'm here. I'm here to serve, not to be served. Okay, finally. Uh, Jesus was obedient to his father. We've seen that, and it led to so much fruitfulness. But Mary, let's just finish with Mary. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And in her willingness to just submit to the Lord, she bore Jesus Christ. She was entrusted with God. God lived with her in her house She spent every day with Jesus at the meal table, at the school run, uh, doing homework as he was apprenticing to be a carpenter. She was with him when he went on his ministry. She visited him when he was an itinerant preacher. She was there at a wedding with him. She was there when Jesus died. She was there after he rose. In other words, when we say, I am the Lord's servant, you'll have God and Jesus with you every day and you will bear much fruit. Let's pray. Let's just take a moment maybe echo that prayer I am the Lord's servant may your word to me be fulfilled maybe also we just take a moment to really ask ourselves the truth who is really the captain of my ship am I wrestling with God for control Am I trying to work out his purposes in my life or mine? Are there things God is trying to give you or choosing you for but you're resisting? Or maybe first it's that you first just cry out to Jesus to be rescued Maybe you feel like you're sinking 
and drowning and the waves are crashing over. Maybe first it's just, Lord, save me. And then, Lord, if you save me, I'm yours. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good Lord, a wonderful Savior, and a fantastic Captain. We want to bear fruit in life. We want to surrender control. We want to humbly accept that which you have given us to take care of or the ministry you have given us or the responsibilities you've asked of us. May we do it for Jesus, out of love for him, for he first loved us and served us and died for us. Lord Jesus, will you be our Lord and our Saviour this morning. In Jesus' name.